All right. All right, gentlemen. Yes, you heard that correctly. There was four pours. We got a couple special guests tonight. We'll introduce them there in a second, but uh, welcome everybody back to Whiskey Friday Podcast. Uh, Patriot Aaron. Patriot Mike. All right. Uh, we're glad to be back. Uh, tonight's we're, we're going to get really deep into golf. Balls deep. Balls deep. Like Pro V1 balls deep. All right. Uh, so first off, thank you, Speedway. Um, we're going to go over the whiskey we're drinking here in a second. But um, always, always, always thank you. Make sure you go down to Speedway. And uh, wanted to promote something real quick for them. Uh, early times, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. We've had this on the podcast before. We have. We have. Uh, really good. I think we rated a, a 7.6, seven, six, seven, five. 7.5, something like that. Yeah, usually it's a $30, $35 bottle. They got it on sale right now for $19. It's like $18.80 something. So 19 bucks. Go get yourself a bottle, get yourself two bottles, three bottles, whatever. They got a massive sale, so make sure you go down there. Um, Luna and Casey said they weren't going to listen tonight because I told them we were talking about golf and they like the political stuff, but. 1883. 1883. So, uh, but uh, go get yourself a bottle of these early times. Um, right tonight, we chose a different bottle though because we've already had early times and we, we want to try to change it up every, every uh, week. So make sure you guys go get yourself a bottle. Uh, it's good, cheap, fun stuff. Uh, but tonight, I want to welcome special guests, Patriot JJ. Thank you for having me. And Patriot Dave. Thanks for having me. All right. Hey, uh, welcome, guys. Uh, Dave is literally just some random guy we picked up off the corner. Yeah. Uh, we have no idea. He looked th- homeless with the beard. I had a good salt. sign. Salt. I think he just ate my last cheeseburger in my fridge. Uh, no, he is uh, Mike's brother-in-law. Yeah. Okay, brother-in-law, and JJ is the golf pro at El Rio, the golf course we always talk about. He's the one that's uh, get inching me closer to my PGA card every day. So uh, he's been he's been the one giving me lessons. So we'll get a little bit into that. So, but first, I figure we do a little smell taste. Yeah. And then we'll um, rate it. Rate it. Or or do we want to talk about it first? It's up to you. Actually, We're let's talk, talk about, about it, it first. All right. We're usually we go through the the. Label and uh, what we're drinking tonight is Old Forester 1870 original batch. I know you're gonna dig this. <laughs> we gotta get a better system. We this do. Is, we do. We're so cheesy. We are. All right. So uh, front of the label. Um, so we had this, the Prohibition style uh, Old Forester. In December, January. Well, because I got it for Christmas. You got it for Christmas, so I'm sure like sometime in January. January, probably. Um, you probably remember us talking about this. We didn't rate it, though. We did not. So um, we'll have to go back and rate it. But uh, this is Kentucky Straight uh, Bourbon Whiskey, and it is missing an E right there. And it is. So something that I found out is that's the way they used to spell it. Really? Yes. This is an old school way of spelling whiskey without the E. Back in the day day. I don't know why they did it. And today I posted something on the Instagram page saying it doesn't matter if you're drinking whiskey or whiskey without the one was with With the the E, one one was was without. It said as long as you're drinking whiskey. So, in 1870, George Garvin Brown crafted the original small batch whiskey at 322 West Main Street on, on uh, Louisville Whiskey Row. The old Forester 1870 expression is ban, band crafted in this tradition. 
It's a 45% 90 proof, perfect proof right there. And then this whiskey is distilled by us only and we are responsible for its uh, richness and fine quality. Its elegant flavor is solely due to uh, original fineness developed with care. There is nothing better in, on, in the market. Uh, signed, George Garvin Brown, founder. And again, women, if you're pregnant, don't drink this. Maybe just a little sip. Just to help get the edge just off. Just to help get the edge off. But it's uh, just an uh, old school bottle. I like the Forrester. bottle. It's just, uh, I actually really they're, love they're very, the shape of these bottles. They're very just simple. Simple. Yep. That's what that always points my eyes. So, gentlemen, cheers. Let's, cheers. Usually we give it a little smeller, a little cheers. taster, and then uh, we give it a rating on uh, whiskeys that you've had. That after, it's got a little kick. It's that afterburn. Yeah. <coughs> I think it's great. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. That afterburn's uh. I'm not horrible. sure if it's because I've had four Trulies tonight. Hmm. Probably. <laughs> it maybe it might be going down a little smoother. <laughs> I don't know. Just a little bit. So uh. <clears throat> so it's not the favorite. Well, it, it's not the favorite. It's not the favorite. If you listen to the podcast, you know what our favorite is. Um, so right off the bat, I'm going to give it a 7, 8. Uh, hmm. Smells decent. Tastes good. Uh, the burn is there. But I like the burn because I always, I always think of, like, what are you going to drink on a freezing night to warm yourself up? Coffee. No whiskey <laughs> but without yeah. the ice cube right if yeah. you drink if you were to drink regular whiskey so um seven eight obviously we what we do is we do like first but then the ice melts it breaks up the flavor it gives you more flavor and then you can taste it a little bit better so we'll change the rating as we go um and then a big thing is the next morning how do you feel on it was it because if it's if it's a dirty whiskey, you'll feel it tomorrow. Yeah. If it's a clean whiskey, you'll feel like you drank last night, but you'll be like, "Well, you're not gonna be all hung over." I feel good. Just, that was one of the reasons, and we've explained this on the podcast, is why we love Lead Singer so much. It's a forty dollar bottle. It tastes decent when it breaks up on ice. It's really good, and we've drank a bottle and a half between the two of ourselves, and we woke up the next day and like we felt like shit. Went and, went and played golf, but. Play, I mean, but it doesn't last. You don't have like a full day hangover, and especially at our age, this is important stuff, right? Yeah, right now. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna say seven eight. That's because uh, I think I would. Generous. I would have gave the prohibition style an eight an eight point oh. See, I would have given the prohibition a seven eight. I'm gonna give this like a seven. Six. So this is exactly how we started Wyoming whiskey last week, by the way. Yeah. So I think I, I don't know. We'll, we'll get our ratings down. We're, this is fresh to us. We're, Are we're we new supposed to, this. to rate it the same? No. 
I thought we took the ratings and then added them and then divided it by two, and then that was our rating. Yeah, and last week I I did Wyoming 7-8, and you did 7-5, and then we dropped it the next day. Yeah, because it, uh, it, was, yeah, it was not a good morning. Well, it wasn't that. It was just even even after we were drunk. It still didn't taste we, good. We tasted it. We're like, oh, this is not getting any better. I mean, that's a big deal. It's got to taste better I'm gonna when say you get seven, drunk. I'm going to say 7-6. Seven, seven, all right, so right now we're seven seven ish. Seven seven ish. What do you think? Decent? That's a little high. A little high? Seven point Ooh. See, I think I think that's we need to get a little harsh. We need to be like El Presidente from Barstool and really be hard on the pizza. I mean And that's the thing. What do you think? Let me take another sip, hold on. Alright. Like I'm not a big whiskey guy, but the aftertaste is everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's got a it got a real strong burn on that after you know right yeah. down that throat. Yeah, that's why that's why I gave it the seven. Like, this bottle six was, this bottle is a hundred and um you know fifty years old. No, I'm just kidding. That's why I gave it, it the seven the, the seven six. It was the it was the after like the, it tasted good going down, but then it was like after you swallow yeah. it and then you're like. I think we're gonna get better at this. <gasps> there it is. Though, as we go, we'll get better at this. Yeah, we'll we'll probably drop it because I don't want to. I don't want everything to be like a seven. seven. Yeah, you gotta be true with it. Let me, let me hold on. All right. All right. Yeah, to me, it's. I don't know. Maybe I got the coronavirus and I just can't taste yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that. Whew. How is it? I don't know. That to me, it's that good. I'm ready to pour some more. Well, if you like that burn. I do. I've always liked that burn. To me, that tells me I'm drinking something hard. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm an alcoholic. I don't know. It's possible. It reminds you of like a Jim Beam. In a way. Ooh, if it's Jim yeah. Beam, then yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jim Beam has that yeah. That. Yeah. And like you can like right now, I can still taste it in the back of my throat. Yeah, it does linger. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with JJ. I'm gonna All have right, to seven after up. the after the second after the second sip, and now like really tasting it, like and noticing that it's yeah, like every swallow you still taste it. I'm gonna have to go seven, probably seven zero. So initial pour, it's a low seven. Initial, it's like, yeah. We'll go initial seven zero right now. Seven zero. Might get better. Who knows? Might get better. Might the get drunker worse. we get, it might get better. The, might yeah, get the drunker worse. we get, like last week. The yeah. Wyoming. All right. So, uh, Pigeon Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do uh, you What do you do in life? Now, remind you, we don't use last names. We don't use company names. We just kind of, you know, throw it out there. If you're in, uh, you know, the railroad business, just the railroad business it is. No, I'm in uh, the Even building maintenance business. I've been, uh, been doing that for the last five years. I work for a local city out from where I'm from. Where are you from? Uh, Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. And I've uh, been doing that for the last about four years. Before that was an electrician and just love getting my hands dirty and fixing shit. Man. So what are you doing out in this neck of the woods? Visiting this fucker. No, no, no one visits this guy. <laughs> Nobody. So They're here well, to visit. Actually the kids. But They're here to visit so the kids. <laughs> Nobody cares about Who us. Who is uh, siblings to Tammy? He, uh, it's my sister. Your sister is sister with her. Okay. No. No, wait. My si- my, Tammy. He married my sister. That's Tammy's oh, brother. Yeah. You're Tammy's brother. Yes. Yep. Okay. And Tammy 
is going to find out here in the next oh. hour. No. Yeah. All right, we won't talk about it. Just found out. Oh, man, that sucks. One was six points, and one was eight. Oh, okay. Good effort. Yeah, that's tough. How's she feeling? Eh, not good, but... Maybe a like, shot of this will help her. Poof. Yeah. This will help anybody. Yeah. It's All right. Fucking strip paint off your car. It is a little rough, but it, it's it's not like... Now, we can always switch because I still have like four bottles up there. No, you got to finish this one to give it a fair rating. All right. All right. I just don't want you guys crying all night. I mean, come on. Who is crying? Are you already yawning? I'm yawning. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Somebody. All right. Went, so, what are you into, Dave? Some of us went to the gym today. Uh, sports collectibles. Um, Do you collect cards? Oh yeah. So I've been watching a ton of videos on, oh, on card collecting. Dude, it is hot right now. It is insane. I I had a, a Jordan PSA seven rookie card that I sold uh, about a year ago. Was that eighty five? Eighty six. Eighty six. Sold it for thirty five hundred. I paid twelve hundred for it. I was happy. Went to go look it up, see what they're going for now. About fourteen, fifteen grand for a PSA seven. Yeah. Was that before or after the documentary? That was that way after the. Do- I sold it during the documentary at thirty five hundred, thinking, oh, that's good. It's going to be the hype. Yeah. And, Especially uh, a PSA seven. Yeah. But they said any cards uh, eighty eight and before are very hard because of the wax. Yep. They're very hard to get. Like, there's very rarely a PSA 10 from there. You know what PSA means? Public service announcement? Sure. No, uh, it's when you get, you send your cards in to get get rated. Yeah, when you get it authenticated. And so there's like Gem Mint 10 is obviously the best. But when you get cards, you have no, like, you can't help if it's centered perfectly. So it's centering. It's uh, centering surface, surface corners, corners. And um, what's the fourth criteria? So there's four four criteria, and then it, if it's an autograph, oh, edges too. Edges. So if you get an autograph, then you can even rate the auto. So you could get a ten, a gem mint ten in like an eight auto, if it's like a sticker auto or if like it's smeared or whatever. Because there were some autographs that they used where they would use, like, uh, paint markers. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it would, would smear. Smear it. So it would look like shit. But then they started getting, like, then they would start the using the felt, like, good good felt pens and yeah. stuff like that. So, And then the on-card autos, sticker autos. So, yeah, I, I don't know why, but my, my, uh, my brother's two buddies from home, they started their own card business oh, okay. so they're on instagram and they do like oh op- box openings and all this stuff but i started watching videos because to me it's just fun to see people's excitement when they they'll pull cards out they'll, they'll like, spend ah! well but they'll spend a thousand dollars on a box for a box of uh 12 cards yeah 12 cards hoping they're gonna get something. and they'll pull like top cards like oh like a psa 10 of this will sell for 12 bucks a PSA of this will sell for like, but they'll get like a couple hundred dollar cards. But like you pull that Justin Herbert, like fucking gold optic, like yeah. signature. And it's like, boom. And they're like, and the guy's like shaking and all this stuff. And it's like, this shit sells for 14 grand. 
it's so crazy to me right now, but it's so hot. Like basketball cards are what what's like super hot it's right insane. now. There was a Luka, it goes with the seasons. There the was Luka, Luka Doncic that just sold is a one of one out of the four uh, point, national treasures. Four million dollars. Four point six. Four point six million dollars for a fucking basketball it, card. But it, but it's a one of one. Who fucking cares? And it's a Luka Doncic. But but the guy. Uh, uh, <laughs> do you follow sports cards invent, investors? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So see. This guy goes through and he's a uh, um, he buys like companies and all this stuff during the day, but then at night he does all sports card shit. Well, he talked about it and he said it's really good for the the hobby because him like that card selling is gonna get more people to start buying cards. Like if you go to Walmart right now, you can't buy a box of like yeah. optic. Trust right? me, I know. You can't buy yeah, anything. I went there today twice, or I went once and the wife went and the shelves were empty. You tried Target? No, Target doesn't have them anymore. The last time I, the last two times I went, they yeah. said, yeah, we don't carry cards. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, they said the one, ours, I don't, I've never seen cards there. They used to sell them up front. They're not there no more. Yeah. The Target? They moved them mm-hmm. in the back. And then this one over here, they stopped carrying them because they weren't selling them, I guess, or whatever. But That's just crazy to me. I, I still can't get over. $4.6 million for a fucking piece of paper. Yeah. Well, get this. There's guys buying the boxes at Walmarts and Targets, and some of them are clearing 100 k in, in the last year. Yeah. See, this is what I don't understand. Clearing uh, 100 k Could you, you imagine that? You can, you can spend or you can sell a, a, a basketball card that's got no autograph, no nothing from a guy that's, what, been in the league for how long? Two oh, years? Yeah, Luke has yeah. been in the year. Three years now? Three years. Yeah, it's his third year. Yeah, I was talking to you today about my Mike Trout fucking sweet spot rookie autograph on my baseball, and you're yeah. like, oh, it's like 300 bucks. Yeah. Best player in baseball, and it's fucking $300? Yeah, but you got to uh, – what What was weird is baseball cards were always where it was at. And over the past – I'm not talking what, about a baseball card, though. I'm talking about a baseball. Yeah, sweet spot. Oh, yeah, baseball. Yeah, no. Sweet spot – Rookie autograph from the best player how to, ever how, to play the game. But but how do you know it's rookie? Because I got it signed. I know. By him. Yeah, but no one knows that. Well, when I go get it authenticated and they PSA it. And if they you can authenticate it, it and PSA it, it's going to drive that price up. Not fucking $4.6 million. No, no. That's what I'm talking about, though. Oh, a piece of fucking paper that but it's literally if the guy's standing outside with it and he's like, hey, man, look at my... But it, it's oh, where. Fuck. But here's the deal. Card. It, hold on. No, it's where it's where the market is. And guess what? When Mike Trout dies in a horrific accident, I'll be dead before he dies. I, I never know. I don't know. That's true. I mean, the Tiger, Kobe. I mean, Tiger was close. Ti- Tiger's. A, ooh, I got stuff on Tiger. Ooh, ooh yeah. Third, right. huh? yeah. No, I mean, not it just. It's on fucking. It was on. It is what it is. It was on the thing. But. It's wherever the market is hot. Like, like football was seriously like Patrick Mahomes. Like all these, all these players were just going so hot, and then it dips down because football's over. There's no football yep. now. Basketball's on the rise, and it, it does this. Well, what whole about shift. baseball? Baseball's coming back. But or baseball's starting. Ba- baseball's going to start picking up, but for some reason, basketball and football has like kind of like overtaken baseball. Where baseball was. I mean, my '87 Topps collection is, has nothing on any of these old old school cards anymore. I got a bunch. I need to find them tomorrow. Yep. Let you go through them. I have them. 
I have a ton too. The, uh, the the thing with basketball and football is that's got a lot of overseas people buying it. Yep. So that's what's driving the market. Yep. Where baseball is still popular. Well, NBA is owned by as, China. True. We know that. So that four point six million was that by some fucking Chinese investor? No, actually, that was uh, a guy I think in Florida. It was somewhere. Florida. Yeah. Yeah, four point six, and it's the second highest uh, bot card. Yeah. Even even more. I think the highest. Well, think do you remember growing was, up was Hannes Wagner? Yeah. The Hannes Wagner, one of two. There was two out there, but the Hannes Wagner was always the most expensive card, and that thing is like that. It's like I don't even know if Hannes Wagner's in the top ten anymore. Probably I think not. I look. I think I saw. Didn't there was a. And I'm not being a homer, but I thought I saw something about there was a Mike Trout rookie card that just yeah. sell, sold yeah. for like that six the, million. That's or number one. One of one uh, yeah. super fractor that yeah. Vegas Dave had. Or like nine yeah. million or something like like it was some ridiculous he, he, he bought amount. It for, I, want to say I think he, it was six million. No, he well he bought it for a million, and then I think he sold it for six. Yeah, yeah, it was some like ridiculous yeah. amount, and I was like, Could you imagine making buying these cards? Fucking right? retards. Exactly. I mean, that's, we're that's in a pandemic, right. supposedly. Well, and, uh, the pandemic starts a bunch of hobbies like golf and, and baseball cards. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell me golf hasn't picked up. It's at all-time high right now. All-time high. It's crazy. It's insane. It's great. I mean, it's good. It's good for a lot of different yeah. industries, you know, and bad for some. But They gained 15 million golfers since 2010. Yeah. I don't know if you listened to la- – was it last week's podcast we went over the Arizona stats or yes. was it the one before? We had that. We went over the Arizona stats about how many golfers. The state. No, just in well, the state of Arizona. Just state of Arizona, and what we talked about was. Um, was it a five? How many? How many local golfers? There, there's just as many um, out of state golfers that come to Arizona to golf as there is local golfers. That makes sense. I agree with that. So, so they they double their golf their golfing amount, and they said golf courses are the number ones for like, you know. Um, Reusing water, uh, re, uh, recu- uh, what is it? Reclamation. Rec- reclamation water. Reclaimed. Using, reclaimed water, reclamation. Yeah, using that because, uh, you know, they just reuse their water over and over again. And uh, Arizona had a lot of good stats. They're, they're number three in the most uh, golfiest towns. Um, Florida and Texas are like. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but it, it was funny, though, because we looked. One in Arizona, Phoenix. And, uh I think Scottsdale. Scottsdale. Um, number one, Arizona didn't have as many golf courses as, as I thought it did. What 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 they have? Three hundred and sixty. Something I think it was like two hundred and fifty-seven. No, or it was over three hundred. I still have my book. Florida has to be number one, right? Yeah. Florida was number one, and then Texas was number two. Really? Yeah. And I then New s- York was number three. So I, I don't remember the exact number, but just take a guess on how many. They had in Florida. Five hundred. No, it was over it was over, over fifteen. I think it was fifteen sixty eight or something like that. Jeez, I mean that is a you know you, you go you go to Florida to die type thing, and that's where all the retirees go. So yeah. well, they have five million Canadians that go to Florida every year. Not this year, obviously, but yeah, Florida took a hit there with the Canadians. Jeez, yeah, five million. So they have just as much, you know. Tourists is the next. Okay, so I don't know if it's sold yet, but this was as of November of 2020. The 10 most expensive sport cards in the world. Number one was a Bowman Chrome Draft Mike Trout 
Super Fractor autograph. Super yeah. Fractor. So he's a center fielder, blah, blah, blah. Um, the incredible rare baseball card was purchased for a whopping $3.9 million. Pop, uh, population reports show that there's only one 2009 Bowman Chrome Draft Mike Trout Super Factor Autograph card. Yeah, it's numbered one to one. So. With a Beckett yeah. grading score of a mint nine. Um, so there's no mint 10 out there. No. That's what's that's what's crazy. And then, so the card trivia. In 2018, gambling consultant David... That's Vegas Dave. Ona, Onasena? That's Vegas Dave. Yeah, a.k.a. Vegas Dave. Bought the card for $400,000. Friends and family were skeptical of his purchase, but uh, he predicted that the card would eventually sell for between four to $5 million. And it sold for three point nine. So he was off. He was off on his on his prediction. But what did he do? That that's times like twenty. What he paid? Oh for. yeah, I mean four hundred thousand, and you, and you made right. call it four million. Jeez, that's okay. That's a good. That's a good day's work. That's a. I mean, hey, you know what? Uh, I guess I'll, I'll take it. But see, when when he bought that card originally, the, it was probably a few, couple of years ago. I mean, what would have happened if Trout got hurt? You know. Yeah. He's gotten hurt every year. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, he, he took a big gamble on that. And just to see where the market's gone just in the last year, it, it's, it's insane. Yeah. It, it's, like the Lu- it. it's like the Luca cards right now. Yeah. You're spending all this money on Luca cards. Luca's, Luca, Ja Morant, and Zion are like the three hot cards right now. And you're spending all this money on these cards. Who knows if, if they're going to play – the rest of their careers or not. Who knows if they're going to turn into the next LeBron James. Yeah. That's why people, like, when everyone's going through cards, they get, like, a base LeBron James or a base, like, Kobe, if, depending on the year they're opening, and they put it to the side because that's mm-hmm. still always going to be worth something, no matter what happens with the rest of their career. Yeah. It's always going to be worth something. But all these, like, Zions and these Jaws and these Jason Tatums and these, like, uh, Jalen Browns, uh, right now, Mellow Ball is like the the number one guy because you know he's brand new. Who knows what they're gonna do with their careers? Yeah, if people are banking on they're gonna make millions of dollars. And- people spent tons of money on Goran Dragic, you know, yeah, like and, yeah. and his cards are worth shit yeah. now. You know, it, it's just the way that it goes, and play, it's a hobby, but it, it's also investing. And that's why these sports cards investors, like, they make the money they do is because they pick – they. it's just like betting on any sports. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. If you were just going and buying sports cards because you love to collect sports cards and you didn't do anything with them, who cares? You're having fun. You're, you're doing your thing, you know? So the Honus Wagner card is the second one, and that's $3.4 is what it sold for. So it's still out there. So what's a P- – so it says there's only – one nineteen oh nine T two oh six Hannes Wagner card with a PSA EX five score. Was that back then? That was like the highest you could go. No, it, it's ten is still your highest grade, but card like that is so rare. It's sixty. It it's sixty kind of years old. It's a sixty year old baseball. Card. Yeah, I mean it was nineteen oh nine. So it's 110, 110 years, years old. Years I was old. way yeah. off. I was, was like, a half a decade off. I was like 60. I was like, oh, it was 19. I didn't even – well, what I was thinking – I knew he played back then, but I didn't know they even made cards. He played from then. nineteen or from 1897 to 
1917. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. I didn't yeah. even know they made baseball cards. I thought it was like in the 60s, 50s. Yeah, they actually came in uh, cigarettes. Yep. Yeah, this was in a... Yep. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, this, you're This right. card was uh, the 1909 T206 Honus Wagner card was distributed by the American Tobacco Company. The yeah. exact number of cards produced is unknown, but it's estimated that only 50 to 200 cards were made. Yeah, but they're also estimating that 95% of those are thrown away. Oh, yeah. Or trashed yeah. on. Or they used them to light their cigarette. Or they used them to, like, roll their cigarette. They were like, oh, fuck, I ran out of, oh, I used this baseball card. Dude, could you imagine somebody Some 120-year-old like, old is like, I smoked Honus Wagner. <laughs> fuck. All right. So next, Pedro JJ. Give us a little rundown of who you are. So my name is JJ. I, since we already said all real, I'm the... GM slash director of golf slash golf pro slash the list goes on and on. But I started at El Rio in 2008, so it's been 13 years I've been there. So a lot of ups and downs at the course, um, but as of right now, it's the best it's ever been. So um, I met Aaron a few months back uh, through a mutual friend, and I've been doing lessons now for... I want to say three months, maybe a little less than that. With Aaron? With Aaron, right. Uh, um, maybe about two uh, months now. I'd say closer um, to three. And he's been a weekly guy every Friday. And uh, from where we started to where we are now, it's night and day. Um, he can kind of explain that. But uh, as of he's within a year of starting golf, right? Uh, yeah, we started – I want to say like May or June of last year is when so we really not started. Even not even a year yeah, yet. So or like it, as far as golfing terminology, that's just starting. What are we so. at? Ten months? What? Been playing golf? Since what we May. Start? May of yeah. last year? Yeah, May. I always tell you know, when we get frustrated, it's like you're too young in the game to get frustrated now. So yeah. I say the better you get at golf, the more frustrating it gets. Yeah. So you'll just learn in time. But no, just like any student, I'm happy to see everyone progress. Obviously, um, it's working for sure. Um, so funny story. JJ, like we've always worked on, um, you know, we've done some drives. We did like one lesson of like short game, but I told him I want to work iron, like short irons. That was my biggest like short shortcoming. So we've been working like short irons, short irons, like every lesson. So today he goes, hey, I just want to try out some long irons. So he busts out the five iron and I'm hitting it. And I told him, like I told you, like you, he knows, dude. He doesn't hit his, he doesn't hit his long irons very well. They, they are my worst enemy. Well, I was getting some good shots. So I had my five iron, I'm ripping them and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, dude, they're looking good. So I go, I go to hit this one and I, I top it. Right. Like, but I barely top it in the fucking head of my five iron just goes, Fucking flew a hundred yards. <laughs> we just start laughing. <laughs> it fucking flew off, dude. And I was like, you, I looked at JJ's like, what the hell? I was like, what the hell was that? Did you email Sully? Mm-mm. No, his brother's gonna fix it for me. Because uh, it was it wasn't a shaft break. The head the just Oh, just the epoxy. Popped. The came epoxy off. came off, so he's gonna Easy epoxy fix. it and clean it up. Holy shit. So I was like, holy shit. It was the weirdest because I've that's my first like club break. Yeah, I've never. Well, I, I've never felt that. So like, because like an hour later, I think you were gone. Minji, the 
She's a seasonal golf pro. She's on the Symmetra tour. Um, but is she the one that's always off right. to the side? Yeah, yeah. Is that the one that has a dog that runs around? Yeah, yeah. the little black one. Um, she broke a she broke an iron too, like right after you. No way. Yeah. Hers broke on the shaft. Though. Yeah, her dad was out there picking up. He goes out there and picks up balls, and I'm like, I'm like, what if I hit him? And JJ's like, You're not. You're that not good. gonna. <laughs> 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 Don't worry. He's like 250 yards out. You're, you're not going to hit him. I was like, I'm pretty sure I could hit him. He's like, you're not going to hit him. I'm like, Ugh. I don't even think you could hit him with your driver uh, at 250. Hey, I, I was hitting driver good today. Yeah. So let's put it this way. How do you feel your game is? I feel it's it, – it's, so my thing is is I've, I, I feel like I've gone from 100-plus um, around golfer to where I could shoot consistently in the 90s now. Right. And – for me, that's huge because we've always played and uh, our low 100-round games and even our 90-round games have been a little, uh, and I'll be honest, suspect. Iffy. iffy. They've been suspect. There's iffy. been some kickballs and, like, right. some, you know, uh, you know, uh, what do we call them? breakfast balls. Breakfast you know? balls. But I, I feel like my shots are getting there. And today I played, um, you know, I played a two ball scramble. I had a bunch a bunch of people in front of me I had some time. So I played a two ball scramble by myself. I shot a plus two overall, three bogeys, one birdie. But um, my irons are getting better um, and I feel them. It's, it, to me, I gotta forget that I'm like, I gotta just pretend that I'm on a range the whole time. And it's almost like, so JJ will do this thing, like if I get off course and I'm like, I'm hitting these balls and I'm like blocking it out right, JJ will put a, uh, a club out in front over the ball and he'll say miss, miss it because what I'm doing is I'm like bringing it up and I'm getting too steep, something right. like that. So then I'll, I'll purposely miss the ball and I'll hit it good again. And I'm like, fuck dude, like where are you at? Like on the course at all times. And I, we talk about- to, You just need to follow us right. around. I, I see it. Yeah, we need oh, to bring the basket, you know, because he, he'll put the basket with the, the uh, alignment stick out to where you have to miss it. He's like, hey, just take this on the course. I'm like, yeah, you know, and it's me just thinking about it. And when I do my practice swings, not when I go up to the ball, don't work, don't hit the ball, do another practice swing. Right. Like, just do another practice swing. Let the ball get in the way. And that's my thing. And uh, that's my thing because I, I mean, Aaron's seen it. Like, I get out there and like my practice swings. I'm like, oh, it's perfect. Like, do it right next. I like hit in front of the ball, and I'm like, all right, I'm good. And then get up there to take my shot, and it's like three inches behind it. I chunk it. I'm hitting. I'm like, motherfucker. But I will. I will say, you know, um, the worst holes that I've had have been par threes. Both par threes with the two ball scramble, I hit the green four times. Like, so I had a putt all four go around so even the first one i hit a nine iron i was at 120 and you even said you're like hey when you flush your nine iron you're hitting about 135 140 and um i hit it and i hit it it was a a front pin and i hit it 140 and it kind of trickled down the hill so i was like all right well i hit my second ball i hit a pitching wedge and i hit my pitching wedge and i hit it probably within 10 feet of the the hole and i was like all right so i got it so I'm learning, I'm learning it more and more. Course management is big. Um, for me, the par five that is real thin, uh, what is that, hole four? four. It's, it gets real thin. When the one we that hit, we normally play in the rocks. When I hit off the copper tees, I hit it in the rocks because it, it, right where my two, 240, 260 is super narrow. Right. So I hit off the black tees this time. 
You know, like, because I played from the blacks all day. Hit off the black tees, and I was right in front of that. And I was still a little to the right, but I knew if I hit from the coppers, I would have been in the dirt. So it was just like, it was things like that, and uh, just thinking smarter about the game. And right now, all I'm focused about is my swing. And um, but little by little, I'm learning course management here and there, and and so it it's good. It'll get there. It's the simplest of terminology. Just learn how to play golf. Yeah. Like I see it all the time where you see a guy on the range and he has a great swing, kills the ball, and goes out. I've got a couple of my members. They go out and they shoot 95. And I'm like, how does that golf swing shoot 95? They just don't understand how to play golf. Yeah. You know, and they think it's all about whether it's an ego thing where, you know, kill and drive in every hole. I mean, it's just not that you don't need to. Yeah. You know, um, you know I can go out and shoot even part of the seven iron. You know, it's just learning how to play golf, where to miss, where not to miss. Yeah. Um, it's just, it comes with time. You know? So and, on uh, hole nine, I, I did a test because I was swinging the same way on my drive every time. And I teed off from the blacks and I did this thing to where I was like, all right, I'm just going to give this a nice smooth swing. And I went up. Brought it down, hit it, perfect right down the fairway. And I was like, all right, I got one in the fairway. I'm going to crush this one. And I went back, wham, hit it, went straight. I was like, fucking got a hold of that one. I was like, yes. Went up, there was a one-yard difference. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not shitting you. I'm not shitting you. A nice, smooth swing, just where I went through the ball, Got just as much distance as when where where I felt like I got it all. Who, do, who does that in our group? Who has a nice, smooth, consistent swing and crushes it? Yeah. Who? Rob. Rob. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. He, well, he he goes like halfway he, back. He doesn't even do like a full backswing. He like stops like yeah. half, maybe maybe a little more than half, and then it's just like. Yeah, and he's out. He outdrives all of us. I mean, except Matt. When Matt gets yeah. a hold of one, but yeah. well, what do we talk about? Where distance comes from? Besides club head speed, yeah, that's the ball contact, right? Yeah, in order to be consistent at ball contact, yep. you gotta be in rhythm. And that's the thing, is I can hit the ball as hard as I can, but if I and I can even aim it right. Like if I want to hit it as hard as I can off the toe, and I aim left for my slice or whatever, I can hit that as hard as I can, and it's a seven iron is gonna go one twenty. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But if I if I just do a nice smooth swing and I hit it, I'm hitting it 163, 168, like I'm starting to get up into those like normal ranges of a of a a real golfer. It's just one of those things. Well, not and that's a real one, not a real golfer. 7 iron. I I'm talking real weekend world. I'm like, like <laughs> I was watching I'm talking thing. 10 handicaps here. I was going right? to say I was watching something today and they were asking Bryson like, "Oh, what do you hit your uh, you know, your 7 iron?" He's like, "Eh, like 205." I was like, 205? Yeah. It's apples and oranges. It's like 205 yeah. for 7-iron? Well, Jesus you, Christ. Did you see – they did a five-year comparison of where people's ranges have gone, and they did all the, like, um, newer guys five years ago and then where they're at today. And Bryson had a 63% increase overall. Uh, yeah. overall. yeah. And, and the, the next – set, the second, like, closest person was, like, a 31% increase. It was, it was crazy. Well, Bryson – he took this line today that he hit over someone's house. Yeah. Did you see that? Yes, I have that. He hit I over saved. someone's Did house. You see it? Yeah. it the 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 thing on uh on the app said this ball was out of bounds longer than it was in bounds. Longer out of bounds than it was in bounds. But guess what? He parred that. 
He parted. Because he mit- he his second shot, he shot over the green. Yeah. Me personally, I think he's just getting blown out of proportion a little bit. Who? Bryson? Bryson. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's... And and what what did I tell you last week about Bryson? Who's he been hanging out with too long? Oh, Kyle. Kyle Berkshire. Berkshire. Long drive? Yeah, yeah. long drive champ. He – He's trying to learn his distances because Kyle Berkshire, they were they were sitting there, and Kyle hit an eight iron, three hundred yards. He hit an eight iron, three hundred yards. Never gonna do that on tour, so, no, you know. but that what what's the purpose behind it? Because right. what we just talked about, course management is number one. Right. If you have a four hundred yard hole and you can drive the ball three hundred and thirty yards. What what is your seventy yard distance? That distance sucks. You want the hundred yard distance. You want a sixty degree distance or a fifty six. So you're gonna knock it down and hit a three wood. So what does it matter if it's a four hundred yard hole or not? The only the only way it matters is if you're on a a, a six hundred yard par five and you. How long do you drive the ball? Four hundred. This guy. <laughs> What's up? Bounced off the side. Rolled down a car path. Rolled about 100 yards, bounced off into the middle of the fairway. I was like, did it on purpose. <laughs> Perfect shot. Well, look who won last week, Brandon Grace. He's a below average on distance. Yeah. He won, you know. Yeah. That, that's something we talk about a lot is you see so many normal names that you don't hear of every day winning golf tournaments. Yeah. Why? Their, their shot was on that day. Yeah. Their shot was on that day. Are they going to be number one in, in driving distance? No. How, how many uh, tournaments has Cameron Champ won? One? Two? One or two. I think two. two. Yeah. I think two. You know? Bryson, he's won a major. Rory, he's won a major. But but where do Rory – where does Rory stand out behind the rest? He knows every, every part of that golf course. He knows every part of his golf game. Yeah. He only drives it as hard as he can when he needs to. Yeah. If he doesn't need to. Like today. He had a 333-yard drive yeah. over the water. Yeah. Like He's a purest talent on tour. If he gets it together. I, Roy. Rory is is one of my favorites to watch, minus Tiger. When Tiger's on and he's playing and he's having fun, that Tiger's one of my favorites. He but Everyone at their A game, I think Roy. Dustin's a close second, but – Dustin, yeah. uh, see, I like Justin Thomas, um, but you know who I'm really starting to like lately is Colin Morikawa. Yeah. I really love watching him play the yeah. game because he he talks to his ball more than anyone, and uh, uh, Jordan Speed. Uh, Jordan Speed does. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, but one thing that I have learned to love with coronavirus, and one thing that it taught us, without the fans is when you're watching those golf tournaments, you hear them more talk. And you hear them talk to their caddy more. And I love that. I love the conversation between the caddy and the golfer, and I wish they did like a football thing to where they were mic'd up. Oh, this week, this or today, you know, Colin Marikawa was mic'd up. Because I love it. Because Justin Thomas, there was a time where like he was – he got it. Him and his caddy were going back and forth, and, and his caddy was like, "Well, one of these days you'll listen to me." He's like, <laughs> "No." He told him, "He goes, shoot the eight, shoot the eight, full eight." And he's like, "No, no, I think it's a knockdown nine." And he's like, "Just shoot a full eight. And he's like, "No, it's a knockdown nine. He's like, "All right." 
So he shoots a knockdown nine, and he fucking is is ten feet short of the green. And Justin Thomas is walking away. He's like, maybe one of these days I'll listen to you. You know, and it's like, it's hilarious to listen. But that caddy, there is not enough respect in the game for the caddy. That caddy is just amazing. The, the, the work that they put in before the game, before the round, before everything happens, the yardages they get, that they have to know their guy, all this stuff. They, there's just so much respect for that, that caddy. It's crazy. Yeah, that's why they get 10% of the earnings. Yep. Yeah. That's why DJ's uh, brother got had a huge year, year last year. Yep. I mean, caddies give him confidence. It's not only just the, the yardages. Yeah. Putting the green reading. It's confidence. I mean, they, build them, they back build up. them up when they're down. Yeah. They, Especially they, when they have a bad hole, yeah. Right. It's, yeah. it's a relationship. It really is. You know? It is. Yeah. That's why Tiger's uh, old caddy has his own golf course in uh, overseas. Built his Tiger, own golf Tiger course. Tiger made him pretty wealthy. Yeah. yeah. Won a few tournaments. Are you a big Tiger fan? or? I respect him. Yeah. Sure, as far as his golf game. Yeah. As I was telling you earlier, as far as, like, my favorite guy of all time has been Hogan. I mean, yeah. as far as, like, golf swing-wise. Yeah. yeah it's, I admired him. I a book you should read and get is Ben Hogan's Five Lessons. It's an old Ben book. Hogan's Five Lessons. You jot that down. It's amazing. I mean, okay. he goes into such detail. And I read that when I was probably 13, maybe when I was about a year into golf. And so what, what got you into golf? The most random thing. We were bored one summer day, and my two older brothers said, you know, let's go try golfing. And I was about 100 pounds. Four foot eleven, five foot maybe, and clubs are way too heavy for me. And I think I shot like a ninety for nine holes, but I think I had one good shot that day, and that was it. Yeah, so that was it. And then I literally spent every day on the golf course from thirteen to seventeen, probably. Talking probably every day. So no way. And I went from shooting the hundreds when I was thirteen to scratch golfer when I was just turning sixteen. So, yeah. That I mean, but that's it what it come, takes. It though. doesn't come like that. I mean, it was. No, that that's what it takes, though. It yeah. takes everyday yeah. practice. I I I understand that. That I I should be in this garage every day practicing my golf swing to get it like down right. Lessons every Friday isn't gonna make me a scratch golfer, especially overnight. But you will improve. I, I will improve, and that's all I want to do, right. honestly. I want to be able to have fun out there on the golf course. That that I know I'm not. I, I know golf isn't going to be my my career from here on out. I know I'm not going to be golfing with, you know, some of these guys by the time they're in their like senior PGAs. I understand that. What I want to do is I want to go out there and I just want to play golf. I want to have fun. I know I'm going to have bad shots. I know I'm going to have good shots. It doesn't matter if I shoot a 90 that day. It doesn't matter if I shoot a 72. I want to go out and have fun with my buddies, you know, just right. just do that. And I, I want to make sure I know what I'm doing. And I want to make sure what we talked about today. You know how to fix it. I know how to fix it. Right. I know if I make a, a bad golf swing, I know what I did wrong. Right. And before, I didn't know. Right. I'm, I'm just taking the club back and just fucking hitting it. But now I know. Like, I'm starting to learn more and more. Even when, like, when I hit a ball bad, 
I can tell you if I, I got too quick with it or if my, my takeaway when I brought it back was like way too far open, which is, you know, two of my biggest issues, but it really, you know, it is what it is. I just like it. So tell me about your career in golf. So again, high school golf. Yep. Played in the high school team. I won the state championship. Where at? In Needles. Needles, okay. I won the state championship my junior year. That was probably the best year um, I had. It was actually better than my senior year. Um, cause girls got involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. But well, yeah, junior you, year, I broke. You got popular. I think it was 12 state records that year. I think a few have been broken since. But um, as far as scoring average, I think we did – Probably 28 events. I probably won like 22 of them. Something like that. Jeez. Um, it was a great year. I played well. I think it had just a shade over 73 average, um, which was pretty good back then. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the goal was to play golf for a living like anyone else. You know, they. Yeah. At that level, it was in you your head. Good and you say, hey, this might be a shot. But um, ended up going to a golf school um, for golf management. Um, I played on the mini tours one summer. It's just, it's tough, man. It was, you think you're hot shit, and then you go try to play golf for a living, and it's a whole different animal. Yeah. I think the first event I did, uh, I think I was around like one under, even par around there for two rounds, and I lost by like 15. So it got really, really serious really quick. They were like, you know what? My parents front the money. You know, it's, it's just got the point where I was like, I got to make a decision here. You know, whether I want to keep doing this or just go to golf management yeah. school so decided to go that route spent two years school got my golf management degree um in business and then uh got a job offer at el rio and been there ever since um worked the way up and uh it's in the gym for five years now yeah so um, don't get me wrong i still not last year because of covid but i still try to qualify at least a few times a year just to get the competitive juices flowing again. yeah um even that is fun i mean whether i do well or not just to get out there and compete with guys have fun yeah and you know i miss it for sure i mean you never want to say what if and i just don't get to play enough being my position i'm always busy so yeah um well you're giving lessons a lot i mean obviously that's a new love i mean that's probably within the last five years i really fell in love with it Um, i wasn't a big teacher in my early days yeah um but i love the see people improve i mean just seeing a smile on their faces when they come yeah. like, hey, shout out to your best oh i know i know you've seen quite a few on my right. face yeah. for sure it, 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 like yeah. that like today he'll do one thing like to where he's like all right you know one last shot and i'll like duff it and he's like no no no, we're not gonna know that and then i'll <laughs> i'll hit it like i'll hit it good and i'll walk away and i'm like i'm done drop the mic and i i no it is one of those things like i i could understand that i I've taught in my life, you know, being in in the natural gas industry. I was an instructor teaching what I manage today. I used to teach what I manage today. And it's a, it's, it is a different feeling when someone gets it. Right. When all, all of a sudden, like, especially like people that have a lot of trouble with stuff and they're just not getting it and all this stuff. And you, you just work and work and work. And then all of a sudden you just see this like click come on in their head and they're like, all right, I get it. Right. 
And that, that was with me. And I like, now I get it. Now it's just being consistent with it yeah. because like I'll, I'll hit, I don't know, five good shots in a row. And maybe they're a little bit right. Maybe I'm a little bit like open on it, but then I'll just like top it. And I'm like, jeez. Oh, but he knows like he barely has to say anything anymore. He'll just be like, all right, I'm going to tell you, like I've told you 12 other times, you know, I hate when you top the ball, <laughs> you know, like I would rather you chunk it than, than top it. And then he'll, he'll just kind of go over it and like slow me down. Cause I'll get, I'll hit four good shots in a row and then I'll get like super excited. And I'm, I'm like, I get too quick with it. And then, Hey, slow down, slow down. But I, I can I could definitely see the lo- I, like, being an instructor was one of the loves of my life. I, I used to love it. I used to love seeing the light click on. And it was like Yeah, I fell in love with it. I mean it's and, and especially in golf, I mean everyone can't be a teacher, even if you're a better player. I yeah, mean, oh yeah. I've always had uh, just a knack yeah. for just naturally seeing the golf swing. Yeah. And you know, you learn like I hear over your people on the range and I'm getting a lesson, like they're a good player. You yeah. Know? And and they're just talking nonsense to people because yeah. they're explaining what they do in a golf swing to another person that yeah. doesn't get it. Right? Yeah. And that's the hard part about golf and teaching golf is communication. Yeah. I have to explain it to the teacher, <coughs> student in a way that they understand and not the way I understand, but the way that they'll understand. Yeah. You know, that's so, the hard part. So here's one thing, and I wish Matt was here because Matt is a bad teacher. <laughs> he is. And, and I don't know if it's his – like that, the fact that he's trying to teach his wife or what, but I, I will, I, I'm not like bragging, but I'm a good teacher mm-hmm. and I know what you're teaching me. For me, it's hard for me to follow the rules cause it, it, I'm still learning it, but I understand what you're telling me. Right. So like he was teaching Amanda one time on the course and like he was getting frustrated and I was like, Matt, 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 you know, Hey, and I, I like, talk to Amanda like for a minute and I was like all right do this do this and I said you see these you want to bring this here and then just kind of just like kind of slap at it just slap at it like we're, we're not trying to like it and so she drove and she hit it she's like yeah and Matt's looking at me I was like hey dude I'm just trying to like help because you're getting frustrated and in good reason, sometimes you get more frustrated when it's your own wife exactly. and all this yeah, stuff. Exactly. Well, not but, only that, and then trying but, to listen to somebody. But is... I was I was showing him some pointers that you've given me, mm-hmm. and it and I he knows, he already knows from the the get go that I'm not trying to like oh I'm a better golfer than you, because right. that's the hardest part is like telling someone what they're doing wrong without like coming off like you're a fucking asshole. He knows that. I'm like, hey, J, but I'll tell him like, hey, JJ, show me this and this and this, and he'll sit there, because you know, like he'll he'll get into this whole thing. He's always had the better drive than than me, but sometimes he'll get in this whole thing where he's like bringing it out way too steep, and I tell him, hey, just kind of break your wrist when you come up, and then all of a sudden he hits it and he's like, fuck, like he's like fuck. All right, yeah, fucking just. I want to start. I want to start lessons. Because when he hits it, 
straight, like when he hits a good hit, like he hits the ball fucking phenomenal. It's effortless. It really is. Yeah, because yeah. his swing feels a lot more controlled or smooth than mine. Because mine's more more of a knee jerk reaction. Well, because I even think like the the one time I did a lesson with you, you even were like, "Yeah, you have natural." He's move. like, "You've got a really yeah. good." Yeah. You yeah. were like, "You've got a really good swing. We just need to fine tune it." Yeah, I'm a big stickler on fundamentals. Yeah, as far as because they're the foundation of golf. But so. don't I'm telling you, don't ever top the ball <laughs> with JJ. I know you told me it's his he like almost biggest. Ki- pet he almost peeve. kicked me off the course. Yeah, it's his biggest pet. He peeve. said, "Don't ever come back to El Rio." <laughs> Why though? Because well, I mean, once you start them, they're hard. it's hard to break. Hard I top a lot. Yeah, I top I it a lot. Well, he, here's the thing: is when you chunk the ball, you can still hit it straight. At least you stay down on the ball, right? and you stay down on it. Yeah. And it, it might not go the distance you're thinking of. Oh no, because I had one that I chunked that went like four feet and I was like, mm, fuck. Well that's not the chunks he's talking about. I'm like, that was a practice swing. He, he's ta- right. he's talking about chunks. If it's supposed to go one fifty and it goes one one ten, one hundred yards, that that's a it's an okay chunk because it's like in front of you. And and basically what he tells me is that's that's last. If I had a good follow through, but I got too like I got too steep on it, but my hips open, he's like, "That's okay." Yeah, we can work on that. Tops are very hard because tops are are just your arms kind of like swinging, and it's kind of just like doing whatever they so want. So I explain do. like the, every beginner golfer, almost every golfer tops the ball when they first start out, right? And it's because it's one of the few sports where you're not reacting to something. The ball is standing still. Right, the ball is the, so the ball the man, stationary. So the mind naturally thinks, i got to help that ball up, right? And you develop a nasty habit of trying to lift the ball up. And once you start that, it's going to stick It's very hard. Forever. Just like me yeah. coming over the top when I was young because I had clubs that were way too heavy for me. Yeah. So I developed a nasty loop of my swing. And I came over the top, and I've been finding it ever since. Yeah. And so once you develop a habit early on in golf, it sticks with you. Yeah. And, you know. That's, That's what like I always my, recommend. You know one thing. You know one thing I hate about JJ is how I'll be I'll be like fighting my clubs all day, and he'll be like, "All right, all right, hey, just just watch this," and he'll take my club, my club, right, and he'll be like, and "Just mash it." He, he's like, "You just gotta like nice smooth swing," <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, I got a chubby just now. It's <laughs> like, like that, is that weird? He's like that. He's like that <laughs> like, guy in the in the in the movie. Uh, I forgot what movie it was. Where he was shooting and he like kept missing. He's like, oh, the sights are off. And he's like, let me see it. Puts like four in the center. He's like, sights are fine. You're like, fuck it. Something's wrong with the <laughs> yeah. seven iron. He's like, let me see it. Nope, nothing's wrong with the seven iron. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, and he's looking at me. He's like, nice so effortless. Yeah. And he goes. Oh, oh, hold on. Just nice smooth swing. He's looking back at me. Nice smooth swing. Sugar. Open the hips. Open the hips. And I'm like, did you even see where your ball went? He's like, no, but I know it went straight. <laughs> I'm like, I hate your guts. So let me ask this. What you got, what got you guys starting to golf? Actually, this one night. Yeah. It we was a whiskey like Friday. We were, sitting in the, we were sitting in the driveway drinking. And actually, we were on this side. Uh, we didn't even we didn't have even the have couch. the couch. We were on uh, chairs. Time. 
We were on chairs. We were sitting in there, and I don't know how it came up, but golf came up, and I'm like, oh, do you play golf? And he's like, ah, man, dude, I haven't played in, like, 20 years. Like, it's been a long time. And I'm like, well, let's go fucking play tomorrow. And he's like, I don't have any clubs. I'm like, I got some old beat-up shitty clubs that I haven't played with in, like, probably five years. Because before we started playing, the last time I played was my wedding day five years ago in uh, Laughlin or in uh, Havasu. Um, actually, Dave played too. Yeah, I played too. That was horrible. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I got clubs. I'm like, you can just we can just share them. And he's like, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, who fucking cares? He's like, I'm not very. I'm sad. I'm not fucking any better. I said, let's just go have fun. We'll take some yeah. drinks. We'll drink. We'll drive the golf cart. We'll play golf. And he's like, all right, let's go. So we went down to Los Lagos, Los Lagos. and yeah. played and fucking it's like. It, it was like hunk line. It was sinker. like the first time I've ever done cocaine. I was like, "Oh, let's do it!" Never done it before. Golf or cocaine? No, <laughs> cocaine. Oh, obviously. <laughs> but it felt like it, just knowing the addiction. I, I was super addicted to it. Yeah, and then it's I had such a then. such a good time. I wanted to do it, and I knew. And, and, and here's one of the things: is like. My dad has played golf for the last, like, 40 years. And he's always wanted to play with me. <clears throat> and uh, so one of the things that got me super addicted to it was just the fact that, all right, this is a sport that I can play with my dad. Because when I was younger, it was softball. And I kind of played, but I was gone in the Army a lot of the, the years – that he played softball and then he kind of stopped and then he played and then he stopped. But I grew up on a softball field and I knew that, that that's what I wanted to do. I played baseball my whole life. And, um, so then when he, when he went strictly golf, I was like, man, you know, that kind of sucks. My brother had played a few times and all that stuff. And then when I played with him, I was like, I can get this. And, the competitive side in me, just just knowing me, I wasn't gonna let this sport go until I I got decent at it. Until he got his. I was I was never like here's the deal. I was never an MLB status player for baseball. You know I was good. I broke a lot of I did a lot of records, did all that stuff, but I wasn't MLB status. And I know I could do the same with golf. I, I know I could get good at golf. I, I'm an athlete, or what, what do you like to say? Natural athlete. Natural athlete. Yeah, it's because you're overweight and sweat all the time. You're the same weight as me. <laughs> you actually might weigh more than I do. No, I don't. What'd you weigh in at? One, 182. Oh, fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. In your bra. In your bra, bro. <laughs> He always gives me this thing because he always, like, burns more calories. I burn more calories there. Like, I'll look at it, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's because you have a bad heart, and he's it has like, to work overtime. He's like, I only had 1,200. I'm like, natural athlete, bro. <laughs> fucking metabolism. My fucking I'm endurance like, yeah, is up here. Bad heart, dude. Hey, you want to go for a run? No, fuck that. You wouldn't go for a run right now anyways. Yeah, I would. Uh, but I just, I just knew it was a sport I could do. But it was, it was awesome because I got to play a game with my dad. Got to play a game. Maybe I might go get, get to go golfing with him again on uh, Monday. You taking the clubs then, obviously? I'm taking the clubs, yeah. With, um, with minus a five iron. Minus a five iron. <laughs> minus a five iron. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, dude, just that was one of the kind of like driving forces for me was more golfing with my dad, golfing with my buddies. Because a lot of my buddies have talked about golfing. And I'm like, so thankful this guy got me off my ass and like quit, like, don't be scared. You know, like he, he I mean, pretty much called me a pussy and, and made it work. I, mean, I was like, that's cool, bro. If you're like a little bitch and too scared to play, that, then that's cool. All my buddies growing up that talk crap at me because I was a golfer. Yeah, yeah. Golf sucks, you know? There's part of They're me. all golf nuts now. Oh, it's all of them. Full circle. There's full part, circle. There's part of me that like yeah. wishes I would have played golf in high school. Right. Like, I, because I, I used to play golf, like my uncle, um, he was a member out in Anaheim at Anaheim Hills Country Club. Mm-hmm. He was a member forever. And so I used to play every Sunday with him, pretty much every Sunday with him uh, out there. And, like, everybody, my uncle always told me, he's like, why don't you go play golf? Like, why don't you go play golf at, you know, in, in high school? And I'm like, oh, fucking golf? Get the fuck out of here. I'm like, those fags, like, <laughs> playing golf? I'm like, I play football and baseball. I'm like, Come on. Now I look back at it and I'm like, Fuck. Yeah. Probably could have got it like a full ride scholarship to a goddamn yeah. D1 college on a golf on a golf scholarship. Like, I mean, nah. even if, <laughs> dude, they give fucking golf scholarships like fucking they give away. It's That's why I'm more candy. worried about like Maisie. I'd rather Maisie get a no. I'm telling you, female female golfers. That, well, my uncle said it too. A little bit it's better. A Dude, my uncle yeah. told my. That's what my. That's why I got my my oldest into it. She loves going out with us, and uh, but that's the thing. Like right now, her clubs are way too long for way her. too big, way too long. It's hard to get clubs US for kids are cheap. I mean, they go by like age. And height. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what. So can are they? Can you cut them? Or can, or would yeah. it be easier just to buy a new just set get, for it? And then just keep those for when so she gets light, taller. It's so easy for them to hit it. Yeah, yeah. and the, the price of clubs are so, <clears throat> like, for for kids. Well, yeah, when we were at Golf Galaxy. Well, for kids' clubs, like, you got to remember. Like, say you buy a set and there's eight clubs in there, whatever. Then you cut them down and re-grip them. I mean, you're, you're, ta- you're yeah. already spending money on them, so you yeah. might as well, like, well, Dude. when we were at Golf Galaxy looking at your driver, like, I went over and they, they had a kid section. God, like, I love my driver. A driver for for her age, like it said, between four and six. And it had, like, heights. It was color-based. Right. It was, like, $30 oh, yeah. for a driver for her. And I was like, well, shit, I can just go to Golf Galaxy and yeah. pick and choose, get a couple clubs for her. He, he at their clubs for Hazel were actually – Bigger than the clubs th- for yeah, like Lucas. A quarter and of Lucas an inch. is like taller. But um But I mean we got the clubs for free, so I was like So let okay. me ask you a question, JJ. I wanna um What is the best round you remember in your life? Sixty four. Okay, tell us about it. Uh, when well, how where? One was eight under and one was one was seven, one was six. It's funny because it's all about what par was. Yeah. So, um, eight under was in Needles, Needles Golf Course. 
I always call it the confidence booster course because you can literally hit it three fairways over and you're still good. So <laughs> it's the flattest. <laughs> that probably that probably yeah. explains the the day I played that course. You were when I the Monday I got off COVID. Yeah, yeah. I went and played that. I shot an 85. Did you? I shot an 85 there, and that was because like like you said, I was on I don't know one tee box and I hit it on the other fairway. Right. And I was like, God damn it! I drove over there and I was like. Actually, fuck, I think this is a better lie than Watch the other one. GD. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Mom. Shit. Um, <laughs> my, mom my mom listens to this, and, and yeah, she called him out. for. I'm sorry, Mom, oh. for the GDs. Um, so. But, yeah, you were right, because, like, I was looking at it, and I'm like, man. But that was a solid round. Just, you know, hit, a, hit probably almost every green and roll in some putts. It's, it's pretty... And what was it for, though? What, or was it just um, a normal Was round? it just for no, fun? It was just for buddies. So what I'm asking round? is like, what what's your yeah competitive round? What, what well like, not not only that like, and I'm not even like we're like thinking about the best score, the best this. What is the round of golf that you played that sticks in your mind the most? Of this is where I showed up today. Probably winning a state title in high school. Yeah. Back then, now the league sucks. They're all shooting hundreds. And Where'd you go to high school? The Eagles. And kids just play video games and don't just have it. Yeah, there's not. And the whole league is like that. So and back then, it was really good. Really so competitive. Meadows, which is in Vegas, which is the high school that was our rival, they had about five guys that all shot mid-70s. And a couple guys that shot low 70s. So they're really good. They actually won the team event. But I won the individual title. Yeah. Wow. And there were three See, this guys. See, this is the round I want to hear about. Yeah. And there was three guys that were the same age as me growing up. When we we played all four years to get to each other. Nice seeing you, man. Yeah. Nice seeing you guys. Um, and we were all neck and neck. We they beat me, I'd beat them. So, and a guy named Howard, who like I said, I grew up with them, competed against them. You know. I think I was one down going into the, the – it was two rounds. One down going into the second, second round. And I shot two under that round, but it was really windy. And, I mean, he was, he was on. I mean, he was probably three under for the day. And he ended up double bogey in, like, 13 or 14. And I was like, all right. I'm right there. You're like, yeah. I got a chance. And you a little crowd out there for high school. You know? Yeah. It's my home course. And, and this was in Vegas? It. Yeah. This oh, this was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you guys played your home games right. at And it was my home course. At so Needles. I had to, you know, yeah, no. obligated to say, I got to defend our home turf. You know, I yeah. know the team might not win because they're overall pound for pound from number one to whole number five. But they were better than us. You yeah. Know? So they ended up beating us by like 30 strokes. But I was like, I got to get the individual title. Hell I was yeah. the only guy in my whole class that won a state title for all four years. You won so. a state title all four years? No, no, no. That all four years of high school, I was the only guy in my class. Oh, that won to a state, win right? a state title. So, and I knew it's my home course. This is my one time. You know, this is I got to do it. So, I birdied seventeen, which is an easy par five, and that made me one up. And I was nervous, man. I was even for. That yeah. uh, dude, I can't even imagine that. Eighteen's a par three. I get yeah. nervous. Right. I get nervous when I have like a shot to get right. onto the green for a birdie. But I dig it, man. <laughs> it's I dig being nervous because I mean it shows you cares, you know. And yeah. Um. Anyway, I was on eighteen, one up, 
I think I had like an eight iron. It's like 170 yards or something. And I went back of the green. It was right on the collar. I was like, do I chip this? Do I putt this? And there was a crowd around there. And I was like, fuck, you know, so what do I do? Yeah. So I ended up just taking a putter. You I Texas putted it to about putted it to about four feet. And that was the longest four footer I've had, you know. And I was like, so one but, putt, one putt, putt to win. Ended up making it though. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> that's so awesome. Ended up winning by one. That's a that's so. as good as like Matt Matt's like favorite round yeah. where he like fucking. And it was, was my best he, uh, like round to score to par wise, but it was. But like, that's the round that memorable. like sticks out in your head. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I want to know about. Right. Yeah, Matt like, told us about his uh, the qualifier. His round it. In Vegas. No, it was. I thought it was Laughlin Ranch. No. Or it, no, it was in Vegas. It was in Vegas for. It was a qualifier. Yeah, yeah, it was a. It was a. It was a U.S. Yeah. Open to get his his pro card. Yeah, and he bogeyed the first what? Bogeyed the first three hole or bogey double bogey, bogey, and then shot. Even par the rest of uh, the front, and then was like six under on the back or something like that. It was something crazy. I lost in a playoff to get through the sectional. Play the Bob May. Oh. Pretty cool. Michael Putnam was there. He's on tour now. Yeah. Beat him yeah. that day. Just goes to show you, man. They just in golf, you got to play well at the right times. You got to get yeah. lucky, man. It's. You know who I just started following? It on, is uh, though. It, yeah. it really is. Instagram, and he's actually like super. By the like, way, the restrooms. Okay. Uh, super like out there and just. I mean, he seems like a super cool guy. Is Pat Perez? Yeah. yeah. Like. Just like watching his Instagram and like, the he's, I'm yeah he's had interviews like yeah I don't work out yeah he's drink, like he's like hell no I yeah. drink I smoke yeah, yeah. he's like I'm like the new John Daly, right. <laughs> but uh yeah that guy I actually saw him today he was he was in the tournament today was he yeah I saw him play I don't know what he I don't know where he finished I think when I saw him he was like three over or something like that but uh yeah it's it's just. It's it's crazy how and, and like I, I've been I've talked to Aaron about it and I've, I, we've had the conversation with Matt and Rob like the difference between like you and Matt and the guys on tour and like even in the Corn Ferry tour is like these guys like they'll have a bad hole where they'll like bogey it or double bogey it and it's gone right. like they don't think about it again you're like eh, whatever that's behind me they go to the next hole and they and they eagle it or they birdie it. Where me and Aaron, like, I double bogey a hole, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like, shit, man. This is back. I hate this game. Fuck. Right. And then you're just, you're shit for the next, like, two or three holes because you're so in your head. Right. Where guys like you and Matt and everybody else, like, the, the, the pros, like, they have a bad hole, and they're like, meh. All right, we'll pull your head out of your ass and fucking play golf. Like, let's go. You know, that's what, that's what separates I feel that's what separates. Like, like, like even to my golf students, I always preach: you gotta have short-term memory. You gotta forget the bad shots. You know. I have you know short-term memory, but yeah. I remember the bad <laughs> shots in golf for some reason. I know it's easier said than done, but you have to. <clears throat> you have to move on. I mean, it's, yeah. If, if you let it linger, your whole round shot. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. That's why Victor Hovland's becoming one of my favorite golfers. I, I do like Victor. I Did you him, see his? Him sand? and uh, Colin are gonna go at it for twenty years probably. Did you yeah. see his uh, his bunker shot today or yesterday? Out of the Justin bunker. Moses. Hey, but with with no no no, uh, you're forgetting uh, one. Victor Carlos Ortiz too. Yeah. Carlos yeah. Ortiz is going to be another one that's going to be around for uh, quite some time. I don't know. Do you want any more? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just uh, do it. Okay. Um. 
Yeah, he. But uh, those guys are gonna go out. I just Victor yeah, Hovland. He's, uh, he's scaring me lately, man. He's shooting some big scores. Who, Carlos? No, Matt. Oh uh, yeah. Well, he hurt his shoulder. Did he? I don't. I don't. I think he hurt he... his shoulder like uh, three tournaments ago. He shouldn't be playing right now. I don't even think he played in this Get tournament. It fixed. I mean, yeah. yeah. Don't don't keep screwing around with it. For yeah, sure. I don't. I don't think he uh, he even played in this tournament today. But uh. Yeah, he had some uh, – dang it, I didn't save it. Did you see Max today, Homa, uh -uh. out of the water? Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, here. Yeah, dude, crazy. I saved it. Took off the shoes? Yep. Pants rolled up and everything. Gosh dang it. Yeah, took off the shoes, rolled the pants up, then saved par out of that. I was like, dang. So, Aaron, what would you like to get down to? What's your goal? As far as, not necessarily score, but what do you want to? I want to I wanna get my... Um, Low 80s, high 70s. It's real. I mean, I don't, I don't see why you can't, to be honest with you. I think right now, low 80s, and then um, eventually high 70s. Right. I, I don't know if I'll ever... Um, I, I don't want to say that. Cause I'm I'm so competitive. I feel like I can get, I can eventually get to par one day. Um, but you'll never forget it. Yeah. Still remember the first time I broke par. Yeah, just uh, just to break it down little by little. I mean, if I if if every week, if every month I see you for four weeks straight, you know, for the month, I take off a stroke. That's worth it to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I'll tell you. Take 10 strokes off a year. Yeah. Three years. You'll, yeah. You'll be right there. Yeah. That's uh, that's my thing. I, I feel like I've already taken off in, in a legitimate status. And I know this is it, – it's almost like weight loss for really fat people. They lose a massive amount of weight. When they when they really think about it, and they're like, in like the first like if they months. if they change their diet and then they work out all the time, a fat person is going to lose a massive amount of weight in their first year. I feel like in the first year, a little bit less. I've taken off a massive amount of strokes, and now it's dialing it in a little bit, a little by little. So I feel like I've gotten to. Um, I think I can consistently shoot 90s right now unless I go to a new course. Like if I golf El Rio, Los Lagos, uh, Mojave, I should be able to shoot 90s pretty easy, mid to high. Notice how he didn't throw – notice how he didn't throw Laughlin Ranch in there though. Laughlin <laughs> Ranch is my arch nemesis. Yeah. Um, that course. But And I've only golfed it twice. Is that all you've golfed? Yeah, that's all I've, I, that's all I've golfed it. I golfed it. I've golfed it three times because I, golf, golf, I golfed it once Austin. with Austin. Um, but uh, new courses, you know, like when we went to Lexington uh, or Revere, Lexington, like I told you, yeah. we didn't really know the course, and we were hitting a lot of shots we shouldn't have hit, and I wouldn't have hit if I would have known what was on the other side of that massive drop. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that though. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. So have you played Lexington? Yeah. It's a beautiful, I mean, absolutely phenomenal course. Except for the the greens. Oh, 
Did he tell you about those? No, uh, I didn't. So we get there, and we're like, oh, Hole man, one was this cool. Is, this is so nice. Hole one wasn't bad. There's a couple. Hole two, yeah, a couple more. Hole three, there was probably 50 divots. 50 divot marks really? that people didn't replace. Like, not, not. It's a pet peeve of mine. Not like, yeah. not like little Massive divots. Massive divots. Like, like somebody, like, the ball, like, stuck there, and then they walked up and, like, stepped on it and then pulled it out and then, like, moved it and then didn't fix it. Yeah, like, I literally, because, like, I saw where my ball was, and so I kind of looked back, and I was like, okay, there's my divot. I yeah. fix it. And you look over, and I'm like, oh, there's another one. I'll fix it. And then I was like, oh, I must have fixed, like, no, six divots. No, no joke, JJ, no joke. There was a stretch of like four to five holes where we fixed probably sixty divots. Where we Within we like we just holes. sat out there and fixed divots. I'm surprised Glenn to get that bad. That's it was it's it was absolutely. I mean, well, we told well, the guy we, when we finished the course. Um, they they had a golf cart bag guy, you know, clean the clubs and all that stuff. Yeah, you guys need to get one of those. Yeah. We'll get there. That's, and uh, that's legit. Oh, I'm sure I'm I'm sure they'll be there <laughs> soon. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I have another question. But after, um, we told him, we're like, dude, you guys know about the divots? He goes, we hate them. He goes, we spend our whole day after everyone's done, we go out there and we fix all the divots. It's laziness. It takes two seconds. Yeah. It's so lazy. Yeah. It's pe- but I, I can see it like in Bullhead, you have respectable people. Yeah. I could see in like Vegas – you know a lot of fucking cocksuckers that are like, Ugh, I'm too good oh, for this. Oh, my cat, my caddy should be here to fix my divot. It's like, bitch, you don't have a caddy, man. And, I mean, let's be honest. Even the pros fix their own divots. Yeah. Their caddy doesn't go out there and fix it. Yeah. Like, it's common courtesy. Yeah, you see it, the pros out there. It's common courtesy. Like, yeah, it's, it was, I mean. But other than, other than that, and, the, and it seems like they had just aerated them, too, because there was a lot of like aeration holes like. well that but that's fine yeah that's yeah. normal but i mean other than that but there the, were the we had a lot this. of putts that would like hit a divot and go like straight left oh yeah yeah it, it was just it was terrible yeah. but um what i wanted to ask you is what do you guys do with your golf carts when it like if, do you trade trade them in do you get they're new leased. ones they're leased. oh they're leased on, five, on new year three of five damn i want to buy one i got one for sale pretty soon you will? It's an older one, yeah. How much? I'll let you know. Okay. Also, yes. the other thing we saw, we played Bears Best. Have you played that out there in Vegas? I don't think so. Oh, man, that's a nice course. It's Jack Nicholas's favorite holes, holes from, from like, uh, all, the whole, all the courses oh, really? that he's designed. Yeah. He picks, it's, a, it's a cool course. He yeah. picks one hole from every course Does that he's designed. Do you where it's from? Or? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Do we yeah. have the scorecards? I still have mine uh, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, like it'll like hole one is like hole seven from this golf course. That's awesome. And like hole two is like hole thirteen mm-hmm. from this golf. Like it is it, actually pretty cool. But um, we were talking about it when we were there. We showed up like we all brought our speakers. We get on and they had those like Bluetooth, like speakers already on the cart. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even need this piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so your next golf carts. Yeah. Gotta get those built-in speakers. <laughs> That's where Nicholas and Palmer made their money. It was course design. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, in this, I think it was Aren't the, they playing Palmer's course right now? Yeah. He owns that property. Yeah. Like that. That's his, yeah, that's his that's course. His yeah, it's the Arnold Palmer yeah. Invitational. He yeah. He up the other day for some reason. He's, he's worth $800 million. No way. Arnold Palmer is? Oh, gosh. He started the Golf Channel. Did you know that? Did he really? 
Like, the, the actual golf chain. Hey, dude, the guy has a drink named yeah. after him. <laughs> he does. Have, the best, all out of all the ESPN commercials, the best one is the Arnold Palmer one. Oh, yeah. When uh, Stuart Scott and uh, He's it up, the other guy are like, and they're like, uh, Scott Van Pelt. Oh, Scott Van Pelt. Yeah. yeah. And they're Stuart sitting Scott, there and, they're and like, Arnold Palmer. He's like, but he goes, he goes, lemonade first, icy, icy and then back to lemonade. <laughs> and they go, <laughs> <laughs> that is the best. That is, that is my favorite ESPN commercial of all time. My other, my other favorite ESPN commercial is when uh, uh, Big Poppy is in the boardroom. Oh, with Jorge Posada, and he's got the Yankees yeah. hat, and he puts it on, yeah. and the yeah, um, and the Boston mascot walks yeah. by, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Poppy goes, no, 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 I was just, huh, and the guy runs, and Poppy's like. Oh, man. Jorge Posada for the Yankees, like, put his hat on, and Big Poppy, David Ortiz, are sitting in the boardroom, and they're having a conversation. David Ortiz is like, you don't know how to, like, get your hat ready? And Jorge Posada's like, I don't know. He's like, I just got a hat. And Big Poppy goes, here, let me show you. He goes, you got to flex a cap, and then you do this. And he's like, you put it on like this, so he puts on a Yankees hat. Yeah. And the Boston Red Sox basket walks by, and he's like, no, 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 no. And the Red Sox mascot's just like, shaking his no. head. Like, no. One of my oh. favorites is uh, R.I.P. Uh, Steve Irwin. Oh, oh yeah. Gator, and there's a Florida Gator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, crikey. Crikey. <laughs> yeah. Rip. Uh, Rip Irwin, man. That guy was fucking amazing. So where – I don't know if you guys I – was, I was gone. We were having an issue with Hazel. Absolute meltdown. Okay. Um, so I don't know because she, she knows people are over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know if it was covered, but where and when did you get your card, your pro card? Well, you can print professional just like that. You can say you're professional and lose your amateur status, so anyone can turn professional. Oh. Yeah. So you literally just say you play as a pro, and you can't you lose your amateur status. You can get it back over time in like ten years, I think. Get your amateur status back, so you can get a handicap and all that. But stuff. did you have yeah. to go and do like? Well, I told him like, I went to a golf golf management school. Okay. Got my degree in golf management that way. Mm-hmm. So. Right, but did you have to like play to get anything? Like Matt, like Matt, Matt was saying that he had to play in that invitational to like. That was to get him on on a whole nother level, though. Oh. That's okay. before he went pro. Well, probably PGA. Yeah. That's that's not playing. That's the PGA of America is just a it's just a corporation just to say you're a PGA of America's member. Oh. Okay. Oh, so you have to actually play to get like a Well, you have to it's called a PAT, a player assessment test. Right. Where you have to shoot like eight over whatever the rating is of the course for two rounds and you have to shoot under that to even go into the program. So oh, cuz okay. they don't want like 100 they don't want guys like us. They don't want guys no, like us playing. That, <laughs> they don't want any average Joe just going in and saying, hey, "Okay, you know, I want to be a professional." Yeah, but, but I mean, in in the real life though, there has been some people that have gone on there, well, of course, and had some really great rounds, and then like gone people on. People don't realize Patrick Reed didn't have any status out of college, and he yeah. went to Monday qualifiers. You know, which any any guy can do. He. He got a couple of qualifiers, got into a couple of events, got a couple of top tens, and then rest got his history. card. Rest is history. You like Patrick Reed? Me personally, no. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, no. he is the worst golfer. No. 
any guy that blames like I don't like Bubba Watson either. You know, he's likable, but I think he's a dick because any shot he he hits a bad shot, he looks right at his caddy. He blames his caddy for everything, and you gotta take on the ownership of your. You're the guy who hit the shot. He gave you the yardage and all that, yeah, but you hit the shot. You you select the club. You the hit the, the day, shot. It's not you. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Extreme ownership, right? right. Jocko. He just blames his caddy for everything. Bubba. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. But. Well, but Patrick Reed, too, he's just a fucking cheater, man. He. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that when he won that last tournament. That, that fucking shot he hit where he plugged. Oh, where, where it bounced set, and then it where, plugged? Where he said he plugged it. He's like, oh, it plugged here. And the guy's like, well, where was it plugged? And he's like, well, I already picked up my ball. I put it where I was going to place it. And he's like, well, why'd you pick it up? You know you're not supposed to do that. He's like, well, it was already plugged. He goes, but just feel down there. It's plugged in there. He goes, you can feel where the golf ball was. And the guy is like, well, yeah, I can feel where golf ball was. But it feels like it was plugged, but the ball, ball's not plugged. He goes, but it was plugged. Yeah. And then you look at the replay, and it bounced, and and then went in, and like it's like no. I don't even necessarily mind that one. The other one, the big one, was the one of the bunker. Where he oh, where he improved his lie. Yeah. He caught on camera. You gotta take ownership of that. Yeah. He deny, deny, deny. You know. So. How do you deny it when it's on camera? I know, right. So. But they, the refs don't see it on camera. <clears throat> no, they can go back and look at it, can't they? No. I think they did with him. They said, they ended I, up giving I, him like a two-stroke penalty on that. I don't for improving his lie. I don't think they're allowed to look at like CBS cameras. I think they can. I think I'm, fans can call in. Fans have called in to an PJ event and saw a guy, you know, break the rules. They call in. They look look at the camera. Yeah, I'm oh, pretty. I'm shit. pretty. Sh- I was reading something about that where he improved I didn't his know lie, that. and they they said after the round, they went. The officials went and looked at the shot. And they saw that, and they added two strokes to his his score that day. Jeez, dude. To me, that should be a DQ. Yeah. Being a professional golfer, I mean, you you know the rules. Oh, of course. Right. You I know mean, you, you can't know ground you can't, your club. You know yeah. you can't improve your lie in the sand. Like, I would love for for like them. I would love to see them go back and look at that like, that bounce plug that he did, and be like, right, yeah. But you cheated, and now we're going to take this title away from you. I don't think he – because there was another article on that, and even Rory was like – I mean, he didn't really – because Rory said he did the same thing that same tournament where it plugged and he pulled it before the, the judge got there. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, he said he did the same thing, but the ball actually plugged. Props to USGA, though. Prior to 2020, I don't know if you ever guys ever saw the decision book on the rules of golf. It was, like, that thick. Yeah. And they went down to that. Yeah. yeah they simplified the rules, which no. should have been a long time. Yeah, we had, we yeah had this, I agree. We had this discussion a couple weeks ago. What do you think about the new rule of, of letting them use rangefinders? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But without slope? Yeah. Well, Yeah. 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 I'm I'm all for it. They're all trying to, trying to speed up play. Well, and that was the thing. I was watching the That's golf. what they're doing was, with baseball these days, though. I, I was watching but, the – But uh, here's my thing is, though. 
I'm a baseball traditional traditionalist. Right. I love the game the way it was. Oh yeah. yeah there's still three hours. I mean, I, I'm gonna watch a baseball game, no matter what. Yeah. Right. No matter if it's four hours or two and a half hours. Yeah. What they do speed up pitchers. Yeah, like there's yeah. a there's a well, there, uh, there's a there's a clock. The catcher now. the catcher can only go out so many times. Like, yeah, they have a certain stuff. amount of like mound visits. Like, I mean, it it, it it was to speed up the play of game, but I mean, let's be honest. It's, I think they did a comparison, and I think it sped the game up like twenty minutes. It was, it was about I think they said twenty two minutes. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it wasn't anything different. It was right there. I I I don't. <clears throat> I'm a golf tradition traditionalist as well though we'll see like, and that was the thing like i was i was watching the golf channel and they i don't were think it's it. going to speed up their play no, it, it at will, all to it's the aspect of the caddy's still going to give them yardage to the front They're yeah still yardage right to the back so it might not necessarily speed up play but who cares well and that's what and, and that's, that's what, what i'm the, saying and that's what the golf channel was even saying they're like they've done tests they right. did it on the corn ferry tour they've right. done it in in certain yeah. practice rounds and they were like it didn't speed up play at all like it stayed the same, but all that do, all it did was it, it just it gave them the okay you're 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 145 out yeah okay you're one like it, it's just that verification and then they did say that there was one there was one time it, I forgot what tournament it was but Jordan Spieth shanked the ball to the right and it landed on the driving range so he had to play it from there and so his caddy they showed the they showed that whole thing and it took like 20 minutes for them to like go up like the caddy walked it off and then got to the top and like found out okay i'm here had to do math and they were so it took them like 20 minutes to tell jordan like hey you need to hit like you're this far out hit this club where they were like had he had a range finder could have stood at the top of the hill shot the pin turned around shot where jordan was done simple math and it would have been done like that instead of having to walk off distances and shit like that. They're like, so that's where it's going to speed the game up is if it's they put the ball in a place where they don't have a yardage for where you shouldn't be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Where they don't have a yardage for. Yeah. Because they were like to, to me, that 20 minute. It, it, to me, it's like going off the GPS of the El Rio carts. Right. Right. It tells me it's 147 to the center of the green. It's 167 to the back. It's 127 to the front. I go up and I see a white pin. It's 147 to the center. Right. And I shoot it and it's 145. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So I just verified my yeah. book. My booklet is the El Rio GPS. Yeah. My range finder is telling me it's right there. Yeah. All right. I'm going to hit, you know, a 56 because I hit like Kyle Berkshire. I crush it. Speaking of rain sessions, you want to improve too? If you have 20 minutes, they, they video them all the time. Watch a pro warm up and see what they do. Mm -hmm. It's going to improve your game like that. Just watch. Just go look up Tiger Woods' rain session before they warm up, before the round. Just watch them 20 minutes and just see what they Tiger's do. Tiger's out there for like three hours before. A They're about 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. They, really? go, they, go, they go 56 up. They spend more time on the putting green. They spend mm -hmm. about probably 40 minutes on the green. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Putting putting's huge for them. Well, yeah. It's everything. Well, and it, it's funny. Well, it's what we it. talked about. It's funny that putting. you say that. Like, what is it? The what, pros. What, what did he say? How much is spent within 100 yards? 80 percent of golf. 80 percent of golf is. 80 percent of your score is within. 
A hundred yards of the green. Hundred yards of the green. Or the pin, I should say. Probably sixty percent of golf is putting. Really? Yeah, cool. that's where that's where I'm. See, see, if you hit, see guys hit drivers all day. It's like you're talking ten percent of golf. Yeah. Know? Well, any uh, I, I've seen, I've actually seen a blind squirrel hit a two hundred and eighty yard drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did too. But they couldn't putt we for shit. I think we were playing that same round together. That squirrel, fought, like, beat us. He beat us. Uh, it he was a, a blind squirrel versus a two man scramble. He beat the shit out of us. Just another pet peeve. I see golfers all the time. They go right out the range, just hit drivers, and then go out and play. Like, what are you doing? No. 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 Honestly, I don't even take drivers. I don't even take, I don't even take my drivers. I take a, one or two, but, yeah. I take a 56 pitching degree and an eight, eight, eight iron. I take my seven, my pitching wedge. Because my 56, uh, like, gets me, like, to where I'm moving, yeah. right? Hit, Move. I'm hitting. I'm hitting. I'm hitting. Get a little bit more, get a little bit more, and then I'll then I'll grab my pitching wedge, and then I'll grab my eight iron, and then if we still have time before our tee off, then I'll grab my driver. Yeah, then I don't even. Yeah, I don't even take my but, driver. But off. you're right. Before the last shot on the range should be whatever you get hit on the first. Tee. Yeah. So if you hit, if you plan on hitting a three wood, hit your three wood last. Oh, there you go. Hey, I will say we we were finishing up our lesson, and I was hitting driver, and I hit one like fucking. Fucking crushed it. Probably went 400 yards, something like that. <laughs> it actually hit like some guy's house. We're we're good with that. But uh, I grabbed my high wood, right? And he's like picking stuff up, and like he's picking all the stuff up. And I threw a ball on the ground, and I hit my high wood, and he just stopped and he looked, and I was like, "Yeah, that's my favorite club." And he's like, <laughs> he, "He hits that thing amazingly." He I, goes, "I see why." And I threw another one down, and I was like, "Waka." I don't know what what it is about the high wood. I cannot hit. Confidence. You love it. I, I, dude, I, cannot, I, I love I that I cannot thing. hit the hybrids. I don't hit one. I can't. I hook everything. Yeah. yeah. I, I top it. And hybrids it, are toe heavy a lot. I top, I top every hybrid that's in my bag. I top it, and it yeah. goes like 20 yards. Yep. I'm like, fuck. And then I'll throw another. I'm like, I'm going to hit another one. I'll throw a ball down, and I'm like, where I hit the hybrid, I'll pull up like a three iron, and I'll crush it. But and I'm when, like, when we're 220 eh. out and, and we're playing a scramble, I hit my high wood and he pulls out the three iron. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't, just, hit, it's my, just what we I don't hit. hit my three iron very far. I mean, I don't hit my three no. iron far, but. Come on. You hit you hit the 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 tailor-made fucking great that day. Actually, that the day we played El Rio 8, that drivable par 4, yeah. I put it within 25 yards of the green. It was probably forty yards, 40 but yards. I mean, you're, you're talking a two hundred and forty yard uh, par, uh, par three, par or par four. You're, I mean, two hundred thirty, two hundred forty. You crush that ball. I, I, I we hit had my, a little wind on our back, but I not, my, not I like my a lot. Irons pretty, Everyone has strengths. Pretty well. You know? Everyone has strengths. Like my strengths have always been irons. I mean, I go out and always hit a lot of greens. Get the ball in the hole is a different story, but could you play? I was telling him I had a round where I had nine birdies and shot two under. Shot just three putts. Oh. Uh, three putts, three putts, birdie, three putt, birdie, three putt, birdie, three putt. <laughs> oh, dude, that <laughs> would piss me off. Frustrating. Oh, that God. would piss me off. Nine I birdies. Had, I had two par, two or three pars. So it's like you're you're totally reliant on you getting your iron next oh, yeah. to the pin, like within ten feet. Right. 
Or, I mean, where, where's your confidence and putting? It's all over. Where's your? Well, where's that's your, what Jordan Spieth was. He literally over a three foot putt, and you're like, don't miss it. Don't and miss and it. you've seen Rory McIlroy do that. Yeah. yeah. He he got he lost like total confidence. Yeah. Not in Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Ricky Fowler lost confidence in his putting. It was like he would be five foot out, and be just like he and he would be a foot off. Yeah. And you'd be like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. It's mind boggling me because he has a pure stroke on tour. He Ooh, does. Ricky. Ricky. Oh yeah, Ricky is just. But again, it's all in the head. Yeah. It's a head confidence. game. Yeah. So and that's what we talk. We we've been talking. I don't know if you listened to the last few podcasts. We've been talking a lot about Jordan Spieth, yeah. and how he's he's two tournaments in a row. He went in, into the final day in the lead and blew it. And then just and not necessarily blew it, just shot par golf to where you can't do that, especially with one stroke lead. My personal opinion. Like I always tell people, don't play golf swing on the golf course. That's the last thing you want to do is think about your golf swing. I just think he's thinking too much about golf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He hasn't won in five years. He was one of the most winningest golfers. He was on Tiger Woods' pace. Right. And then all of a sudden he hasn't won. What was it? 2017 was his last win? Five years ago. Four years. Four. Four. So, I mean, the guy. I want to say it was 17 was his last win. It's a humbling game. Gosh, <laughs> yeah, when you can be the hey, golf. the best in the world, and then all of a sudden just. But I will give him credit; he's playing better. He is. Playing he's better. looking good. He's yeah. in. I think he's tied for seventh. I tell you what, he's play, he's playing a lot better golf. So it's a little off topic, yeah. but uh, tied for seven. I know you guys are conservatives and stuff. <laughs> what do you think of people flipping out over a plastic potato? Have you seen that? Oh my gosh. Well, I need to get my brother on here because he's a big time conservative. Not Mr. only Mr. Potato Head. Not only that, but did you hear Hasbro said that they're not changing it? Did they? Yeah, they came out and they said, "Nope, we're not changing it." It's Mr. and Mrs. It Potato Head. Biggest now. Shake of the head. But they are changing it. When? They just came out with that like Wednesday. It's potato Head now, not Mister. Yeah. yeah. Really? They got rid of the Mister. And Mrs. Yeah. There's there's one of each gender. No. Not to them. Oh, so my brother-in-law just sent me this meme today. Where is it? There it is. So it says, it's, it's, a, it's a rainbow flag, and it says there are more than two genders. But then when you go to buy it on Amazon, fit type. Men, women. Yeah, male, female. <laughs> that's, like, been, that's been a... Oh, it's like a Dr. Seuss thing, and like... They've been around for 50 years. It was okay for 50 years, and all of a sudden. Well, well, they just stopped. Let, I mean, let, let's let, let's go back and, and talk about Barack Obama having a speech in front of everyone and saying everything he learned when he was a younger kid was from Dr. Seuss. And then Kamala Harris, the current VP, celebrated Dr. Seuss's birthday. Yeah. So the, the bullshit that... The hypocriticalness is just—it just goes asinine. far beyond anything anyone can think of. It's absolutely asinine. Far beyond. There's just nothing you could do. There's nothing you could do Sadly. to make it right. And here's here's the story, right? 
the key is to do what Gina Carano did. Okay, Gina Carano. You know the Gina Carano story? MMA fighter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one that got canceled got by Disney Plus? She posted yeah. Some, okay. Some. So don't ever apologize. Don't ever apologize because for too many years, conservatives have done this whole thing to where they go, where they do something that the liberals don't like and they're like, bah, 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 and they're like, well, hey, I'm sorry for making this mistake. Yeah. And that, all they do is take another step forward, another step forward. And that's where we're at today. So yeah. stop apologizing for being who, who you, you are. are. Yeah. Stop Abs apologizing for it. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you guys right now. Next week, we are going to have a conversation that you don't want to miss. Was this the conversation we were having in the text? This is the conversation oh. we had in the text. Oh. And it is really good. It is. We had to stop the conversation via text. No, no. We wanted to put it. Because we want to make sure it's on the podcast. Because yeah. this is one of those conversations that has to be on this podcast. Yeah. Because it is one of those conversations that you can do the what ifs all day and no one could be right or wrong. Yeah. But we just want to throw that out there to everybody. So then I'll save, I'll save the stuff from the documentary I was watching for next week too then. What documentary? The, the Social Dilemma. Oh yeah, yeah. On Netflix, okay. Because okay. I've so, got not only do I. Interview with Ben Shapiro was pretty good. Did you see it? Yes, yeah. that was really good. Who did? Uh, Gina oh, Carano. Gina Carano. Yeah. Well, you know she's doing a, a TV show. Um, she was on Daily hired Wire. by Daily Wire. Yeah. And they're doing a no. A she she's not just starring. Yeah. She's producing. Yeah. And writing. She wrote. Yeah. Writing it. Yeah. And she's starring. It. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The minute Disney Plus fucking let her go, Daily Wire was like. So one thing uh, Mr. Dan Bongino has talked about I love that guy. for the last like year is that the, the conservatives have to build a parallel economy to the liberals. Yeah. Because the liberals, they've owned Hollywood, they've owned this, they've owned that, they've owned that. So we have to build this whole like parallel economy. Tom McDonald, the one, the guy you love, love the guy Tom that McDonald. like him and his wife do everything themselves. Yep. They, they work their asses off, yep. bought a ton of equipment to build, yeah. produce, create their own music videos, do all this. He's not signed. So by that anybody. way, no one can cancel him. He yeah. can keep throwing his stuff on wherever he wants Have to. Have you ever listened to him? Tom McDonald? Listen to him. Yeah. You like hip hop at all? No. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan, but this guy like he throws it down like he raps about like he's good dude. real world stuff, like stuff that's happening. Yeah. He's not one of those like mumble rappers where you, like you understand everything he's saying and he he talks about like what kind of music do you like, JJ? Uh country mostly. I'm a country guy. Um, I mean, I'll listen to anything, but I'm you like Luke line. Combs? I do. Luke Combs is my favorite right now. He's my favorite guy. Like Morgan Wayne. Talk about up and comer, man. He's no one two years ago now. No one. Top of the world. Yeah. yeah. I told Christina the first time I heard his CD, like two years he's ago. Play, he's playing in Vegas. I know. 
in uh, September. Yeah, maybe. I miss concerts. God, I miss. Who knows? We're gonna They're selling tickets. You know for what? It. I've hated concerts. And now hated that we them. can't go to them, I miss them. I've hated them. Ever since, and I'm not, I'm not being facetious. When I got back from Iraq, I could not like I used to love uh, concerts. Then I got back from Iraq and I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. It was just something inside me. I couldn't deal with all the people, all this stuff. Like I hated it inside. It was killing me. But now it's, it's funny because it, like just the fact that the mental brain is so strong. Now that I know it's like we can't do it. You want to do it. I'm like, I want to go to a concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to go. And I just want to see everyone having fun. Yeah. Because I'm so upset, like, with everyone not having fun right now. It sucks. It's been a long year. It's yeah. been a long... So we're, uh, we're coming up... We're coming up on... It's been a long... A long... Uh, how many weeks to slow this bread? Two weeks. Two weeks. We're coming slow up, this bread. We're coming up on uh, almost 52 weeks of a two-week <laughs> lockdown. Ugh. Or quarantine or... Slow the whatever the hell it is. Hey, but you see all the governors. You see what Ducey did tonight? Uh-uh. Oh, he lifted all mandates on um, personnel. No more uh, restrictions on like 25%, 50%, nothing. And then he put another uh, law into place that no mayor is allowed to put their own restrictions in place. In their cities? In their cities. So Arizona's open 100%. Yeah, but not spring training though. There's a mask, mask uh, mandate. No, uh, like so, I I saw there was wasn't a mask mandate, but then I heard that you still have the social distance and mask mandate. But what what we're trying to find out what that doesn't make sense. I know. This is what we saw, but what Christina was going to find out tonight was was the mask mandate only for like businesses that wanted it. Oh, because here's the deal. I am a capitalist, 100% true in, true out. If you're a business and you want people to wear a mask inside your place, that that's on you. That's your, that's your prerogative. That's your prerogative. I just will not be shopping there. I'm not going to be shopping there. So here, here's one of the things I wanted to bring up next week, but I'm going to bring up now. Okay. So. What do you guys think of Governor Abbott opening up Texas? I love it. I'm all for it. Yeah? I love it. Yeah? You want to know my thoughts? You don't like it. I think he's a fucking piece of shit. Why? He should have done it in the fucking first place. He should have. Why? Because he was a fucking follower. No, because guess what? Now that he has crushed businesses for the last 10 months. Now he's going to be a hero because all of a sudden he wants to open it. Why didn't he do Why didn't he not do what Ron DeSantis did and never shut down in the first place? Ron DeSantis is a true hero. Yeah. Governor Abbott is just getting a fucking flake of the fucking, Oh, you're a hero. Oh, thank you for opening. Now you're, now you're looking to govern Abbott, governor Abbott that he's a God. Because he has control over everyone. 
Fuck that shit. You should have done it in the first place. Yes. Thank you for finally opening up your eyes. But you should have done it in the first place. Yeah. I, I, I. I know I sound like a crazy person, but I don't care. He should have done it in the first place. Well, what about the – so do you feel the same way about the Mississippi governor then? Every uh, every single one of them. There's two governors that I like. There's two governors that did the right thing, and that's Christy Nome from South Dakota and Ron DeSantis from Florida. They never shut down. Now these people uh, – and I, 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 want, I want you guys to kind of like look through the eyes of this, right? You have you have a, all of a sudden this governor that has shut you down, shut you down, shut you down, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, we're open," and you're like, "Oh, you're the best." No, you're not the best. You're not the best. Granted, yes, thank you for opening. Okay, that's that's to the side. But you should have stayed open from the get go. Yeah. I mean, I, I see where you're you coming from. You fucked up from day one. I mean, I see it. Why are you screaming? I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about this whole coronavirus thing because I, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. You don't believe that it's real? Yeah, I believe it's real. Oh, okay. uh, the coronavirus is real. Yeah, because I had it. Yeah. Had it. And you're still sitting here. Oh, yeah. I know. My mom, my mom is getting over it right now. I, I, I understand it. It's real. I understand it. There is a virus. There is a virus out there. Who? I get it, it. Was it you? I don't think it was you. I think it was a buddy of mine that posted like. But I just, I, I don't feel like we should praise a governor for finally. I don't think anybody's praising him. Every uh, there, there's a lot of people praising well, him. I'm not praising him. I think he did the. I think he finally. Did I the right said, thing. did you think Governor Abbott? Uh, you were like, yeah, I love that guy. I, I sucked his dick. No, you said it. Never once said that. I thought. Nope. Uh, man, I must have misheard that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that you and Ron DeSantis, dude. You're like going to town on his fucking knob do you not think ron DeSantis did the right thing no i think he did because i don't think i told you did the right thing i told i told tammy if shit keeps going like this we're moving to fucking florida i just want to make sure <clears throat> that people don't misinterpret what is going on now with this guy's a good guy no and i yeah, and that's understandable. And I don't think like, oh, he's the savior of Texas and, you know, this and that. But do I think he did the right thing finally? Yeah, absolutely. I, f- I feel like there's cum on your face from the governor. Like, you still have a little bit. Hold well, on. I still see Ron DeSantis's on yours. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it all day. <laughs> no, and that, that's the thing I'm talking about is I'm glad – I, I am happy, yeah. and I'm I'm happy that our our governor is finally opening up stuff. Yeah. I am happy. Yeah. But I want to make sure. I what I want to get across, and it it's not against you guys. What I want to get across is to make sure that the people don't feel like their governor, their oh, mayor, no. has all the power. No. So don't don't make it a, a huge deal. And next time the guy tries to shut you down, you guys need to tell him, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. You work for me. They work for us. Yeah, they do. They work for us. The governors, the mayors. Come on. 
the sheriffs. I mean, any elected official, the president, the vice president. Who's that? They work for us. We don't president Trump? Yeah, he works for us. Is he still president? Is he still president? I don't know. Is Air Force One still in uh, Florida? According to QAnon supporters, he's president today. Well, I gotta, I gotta get going, guys. Here, got that big golf tournament tomorrow. I gotta get there. Oh, Five you do? Yeah. Five? Yeah. Whew. Well, you take a big drink of that, and then you can go <laughs> whenever you want. Cheers, guys. Appreciate Cheers, you me on. JJ. We we'll appreciate you being here. JJ, I'm gonna bring my brother on one of these days. Yes. Yes. We'll have, we'll have a blast. He's, he's a smart dude. You guys come anytime. Yeah. And like I said, look. Are you like, a conservative? Look, is it? It's not a big deal. I'm not to, a diehard. He's a diehard. He's, yeah, it's not a big deal to speak in front of a mic, right? No, not at all. Yeah. Enjoy it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. Aaron told me tonight. He's like, "Hey, JJ's coming," and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, we'll see." And he's like. No, really. Because I, I told like, him the last three weeks. I was like, right. I texted him. I was like, yeah, he said that before. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is fun. I, I love just, just hearing your guys' point of views. It's, I listen to you guys. I've listened to the last four. Yeah. You'll hear. You'll hear a lot more. Yeah. We're we're about to get into our conversation here in a second. Oh. Uh-oh. What is it? Oh no. Yeah, we we gotta end it. We gotta end yeah, it. Yeah, we're at almost two hours. Yeah, we gotta end it. Has it been that long? Yeah. yeah. Hour yeah, 57. Two hours. You have a dad joke? <laughs> I don't. I don't right. have one off the top of my head. I got one. Phone's right there. No. <sighs> All right. Go ahead. Spit it out. I'm trying to make sure I have it right. Oh my goodness. Um. Oh, come on. You got it? No. What do you call a Mexican hitchhiker? Um, I don't know. Joaquin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. We'll see you next week.